Turn please to Luke, the fourth chapter, Luke chapter four. We've been on a series for some weeks now that we're calling the word of power, the word of power. We, uh, we were on a, um, a series prior to that that we were we focused on faith in the power and what we have seen is that Jesus had manifestations of power in his life and ministry and the way those manifestations occurred primarily was when he spoke things happened when he spoke in Luke 4 You'll notice in verse uh, 22, it says, All bear him witness, talking about Jesus, and wondered at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? Verse 32, And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. Now, astonished is a strong word. Didn't you say they were intrigued? (laughs) They were what? Astonished. At what? At how powerful his words were. At the power of his word. Verse uh, 33 said there was a, a man in the synagogue that had a spirit. And verse 35, Jesus rebuked him saying, hold your peace and come out of him. And verse 36, they were all amazed. Uh, There's a similar word to astonished, amazed. And they spoke among themselves and they said, what a word is this? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. So I think anybody that's done any reading in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're familiar with this, this concept. And you can't, how can you not notice that Jesus is speaking to things and power is manifesting? He spoke to these things that were harassing this individual and it left, or just a little bit later, it said Peter in that same chapter in Luke said Peter his mother-in-law had a, a, a fever, and Jesus rebuked the fever, and it left her. He's talking to a fever. Is that right? I know years ago I read that, and it dawned on me. I thought, now hold on. Uh, it's actually Luke 4:39. Jesus stood over this woman, and he rebuked the fever. And it it dawned on me for the first time that he's not praying. Jesus is not praying for the woman. And he's not talking to the father. He's not talking to the woman. He's not rebuking Peter's mother-in-law. Who's he talking to? He's talking to a fever. And I thought, can a fever hear? Because that's not generally how we think. I mean, how many church-going people across the country, across the world, that somebody said, man, you know, I've been running a fever, and the first thing your fellow believer would say, well, have you spoken to it? Have you spoken to it? You think most church-going people think like that and talk like that? No, they don't. Should we? Yeah, we should. I thought, can a fever hear? I read the next phrase. It said, and it left her. I thought, yep, fevers can hear. Jesus rebuked it. And then I thought, if a fever can hear, a headache can hear. Is that right? If a headache can hear, cancer can hear. Right? But how many believers are actually speaking to these things? Most are not. There's a big hole, a big deficiency in the church in this area. 
And one reason is because a lot of people will say, well, yeah, but you know, that's Jesus, Brother Keith. You know, he can do that. But the implication is, don't you try it. Because you're not, you know, he's God. And so what what they're saying is that he's doing this as God. But that's not what the Bible teaches. I said, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible reveals that he did it as a man anointed of the Spirit, and even said to us, if you believe on me, the works I do, you will do also, and greater works than these shall you do. And when he spoke to the tree that withered up, and the disciples marveled about it, Matthew 21 and Mark 11, he said, if you have faith and not doubt, you could not only do what was done to the fig tree, but if you spoke to that mountain and commanded it to be removed, it would happen. Is he telling them they could do what he did? Yes. Clear as can be. So it's who is it that doesn't want us to realize that we can speak and command and have things change in this world? It's the God of this world, the enemy. He's the one that has done everything he can to confuse people about it, get folks in the dark, religious junk that has robbed the body of our authority of speaking faith-filled words that release power in our life. How about you? Are you going to be robbed or are you going to take the the word of the master and follow him and do what he did and speak to fevers and speak to problems, right? And speak to lack and do what he said with the keys of the kingdom, bind and loose and exercise your authority in him. We've been talking about that, like I said, for some weeks. Go with me, if you would, to James, the third chapter. James, chapter 3. Oh, I'm so thankful for the Word of God. I wouldn't have anything to preach. (laughs) If it wasn't for that. (laughs) And we wouldn't have any solid foundation to live on. James 3 and verse 1. It says, My brethren, be not many masters. Now that that means teachers and, you know, so supposed authorities teaching, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation or judgment. For in many things we offend all. In other words, All of us have missed it in numerous things. But if any man offend not or doesn't miss it in word, the same is a perfect man. Now that word perfect doesn't mean flawless. It means fully developed, like growing up, maturing. And a big key to maturing is taking control of your mouth. And instead of just saying how you feel and what you see and repeating other things that you hear and see, you use your words like God uses his. God doesn't just talk. He doesn't just chat. He doesn't just yak. Ever. When he says something, it releases power. And it changes things. And you might say, well, I'm okay, but I'm not God. Yeah, but you're a child of God. And you and I are commanded to follow God or imitate God as a dear child. That's what children do. Imitate their parents. I I saw a little guy, what was he, less than two years old the other day, on a video of one of Phyllis's nephews. And... Uh, he was running around talking, saying some things. And you could, if you'd listen close, you could understand him. And I knew where he got it. <laughs> He's talking just like his dad and his grandma and those around him. He's saying exactly what he heard them say. It's a natural thing to imitate your parents. And it, we're supposed to imitate our father. How does he function? He speaks words that are full of life and full of power that bring changes. 
And so a person who doesn't miss it in what they're saying, they are a fully developed person. They're acting like Jesus. Can you see this? And they're able to bridle the whole body. Is that true? I said, is that true? That if we can control our mouth, we can control our bodies. Is that true? Most church-going people don't believe that. Why do you say that, Brother Keith? Well, you, you can tell by the way they talk. I can't do that. I can't eat this. That hurts me. My bad this. My bad that. My weak that. If you believed what you said changed your body, you would never talk like that. You never would. The Bible said, let the weak say, what? I can't take it. (laughs) I had been in the ministry for um, already a few years back in the mid-80s. And uh, some of the first long-distance flights that we went on commercially, you know, they used to smoke on the airplanes. Anybody remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in the back, it was a cloud. Yeah. Oh. It was just a cloud. Somebody said, you're kidding. Am I telling the truth, older folks? I mean, it was just a cloud of cigarette smoke back there. And um, my folks didn't smoke cigarettes. My dad smoked cigars, but he'd smoke them usually outside and what have you. And uh, I was around, I don't know when I was 19 years old, 20 years old was around a situation where there's a lot of heavy smoke that was beyond my control, and it bothered me. I mean, my throat closed up, and and my eyes watered and ran, and I mean, it bothered me for days. And so, uh, without realizing it, I started saying, I can't take cigarette smoke. Because that was what I was experiencing. I, I can't handle it. I can't, I can't be around cigarette smoke. I can't handle it. I can't take it. And so without realizing it, this is before I learned some things about that your words matter. I wound up saying that, you know, not every day, but when the subject came up, I might say it. This went on for years. Well, now then, when I'm 20 four and five and six and like that, I'm traveling on commercial airliners and sometimes I'm sitting in the back in the smoke fog. And I I would dread it, man. But then, you know, I didn't have the money to to fly first class. Of course, they're smoking up there too, I think. So (laughs) it was hard to get away from back then. And uh, anyway, I'm sitting jammed in this tiny little seat, sometimes for five hours, you know, in a cloud of cigarette smoke. And there were times that when I got to where I was going, I couldn't speak. Well, that's what I do. Right? I couldn't speak. I I mean, I, I, I would get sick. I'm choked up. I'm wheezing. I'm this and that. And I, you know, I, I know I didn't realize it, but if you'd asked me, you know what I would have said? I can't take cigarette smoke. I, I can't handle it. And guess what? I couldn't take it. It was, it was kicking me. It was putting me under. And so this happened, you know, more than once. And, and finally, it was a very important situation I was supposed to go speak in. And I'm there and I'm using all the faith I have and in a few hours after I landed to get ready to get my voice back and get where I'm, I don't look like something's wrong with me. And, and I'm frustrated about this. And the Lord brought it to me. He said, you have been saying this. I thought, what? And then it hit me. I can't take this. I can't take cigarette smoke. I can't handle it. Now, what am I talking about? If you learn how to control your mouth, what did James say? Are you you reading the passage here? Can you control your whole body? 
Is it true or not? True or not? Lungs, immune system, respiratory system, part of your body. I saw it. I sat down. I sat back and I thought, Keith, you know better than this. (laughs) I had taught messages on confession. (laughs) Don't laugh too hard. (laughs) I thought, Keith, you know better than this. So what have I got to do? Help me out. Well, keep keep reading this passage. He shows you exactly what to do. If you don't offend or or miss it in what you say, your word, the same as a fully developed individual, let's talk about spiritually, and able to bridle the whole body. That includes your metabolism. Unless you keep saying you have a slow metabolism. I I can't eat that. I can't take that. If you say so. People say, well, I can't. Well, I couldn't take smoke either. (laughs) What do do you do? Verse 3. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. What's he talking about? Turning it around. Come on, can you see that? Say it out loud. According to the Bible. I can turn it around around with my mouth. mouth. That's a life-changing truth. I said that is a life-changing truth. You got something weak in your life? Quit complaining about it. Quit calling it weak. Call it what you want it to be. Make your words work for you. Call those things that be not as though they were. Let the weak say, I am strong. Call it strong. Didn't say you. You're not, you're not lying. You're not saying you feel strong. You're not saying you look strong. You're saying I call it strong. If it looked and felt strong, I wouldn't need to call it strong. Most of the church is confused about this, but it's not that hard. We put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Keep going. And, and look at the ships. Which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, we'd call it a rudder, whithersoever the governor listeth. So you can steer a horse, you can steer a ship. Now, now both of those is something bigger than you could physically overpower. You get a big, strong, fast horse who's not rain trained. And you got no bridle and you got no bit and you got no, I mean, you cannot make him do what you want him to do. He is bigger than you. He is stronger than you. And you can, you can tug all you want to on him. And he's bigger and stronger than you. What about a ship? Way bigger than you. Is that right? What about the ocean? Way bigger than you. So how in the world could I control something that's a thousand times my size, that's obviously beyond my physical ability to do anything about it? With your mouth, with your words, you can. Verse 5, the tongue's a little member. It boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members. It defiles the whole body. So can you see, you can hurt your body with your words. Or you can help your body with your words. I saw it the moment the Lord quickened it to me. He said, you, you have, a, what exactly did he say to me? He said, you, you've spoken this over yourself. Because it kept getting worse. And I heard myself saying, I can't take this. I thought, Keith. Because <laughs> it had really caused me some problems. But I'm changing this right now. I'm getting a hold of the steering wheel. I've been going the wrong way. How can I turn this thing around? Come on, help me. How can I? I got to say something else. 
I said, I got to say something else. I begin to say, it doesn't bother me. I don't have to like it. I'm not saying I like sitting in the cloud of smoke, but it doesn't bother me any more than anybody else. And I'm I'm never again going to say I can't handle it. It doesn't bother me any more than anybody else. I can deal with it. And that was the last time. 30 years ago. That I've ever had an issue with that. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wonder if that'd work on your stomach. Wonder if it'd work on your immune system. Even if you had tests that showed you had a compromised immune system, you couldn't get me to say that over myself with a ball bat. Uh Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I call my immune system strong, robust. I have a good metabolism. I call my heart strong. I call my lungs clear. I call my blood cleansed, healthy. I call my kidneys and and my liver. I mean, if you think something's wrong with it, that's all the more reason you better call it good. Is most of the church operating this way? Very little portion of the church operating this way. Tiny, tiny percentage of the church. Most folks look at you like something's wrong with you. Well, I don't go in for all that confession stuff. What verse are you talking about? I didn't write this. I don't go in for all that confess it, possess it, blab it, grab it. Who are you making fun of? Who said if you'll say it and not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you said come to pass, it come to pass? Who said that? Who said? Let me give you a clue. Wasn't Kenneth Hagin? You know who said that? Jesus, head of the church. You you really want to mock that? You really want to make fun of that? No. This is the answer. It's the enemy that tries to hide this from you. Twist it and confuse you about it. Why? Because he knows what it'll do. He knows what it'll do to his things. It'll stop them. And it'll open up the door for the Spirit of God to work in your life. So quit saying, I can't. Quit saying, it doesn't work. Quit calling it bad. And basically what we're saying, stop cursing yourself. What do you mean? Keep reading. He said, the tongue, verse 8, can no man tame. Now you might say, well, see there, Brother Keith, nothing we can do about it anyway, so then why is this chapter in the Bible? No, no, that's not what he's saying. He said, every animal had been tamed of mankind. That's not the animal taming itself. That was the man outside the animal taming the animal. And you cannot tame another person's tongue. You ever tried it? You can't. You won't get that done. I don't care who it is, what kind of situation you're But you can control your own tongue. Obviously that must be the case. He wouldn't even be talking to you like this about it if you couldn't control it. Yeah, you can. You're supposed to. He's exhorting us to. And he said, verse 9, with the tongue we do what? I want you to say that line like this. We We bless bless God. God. Now that doesn't sound right to religious tradition. Somebody says, no, 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 no. God blesses us. Don't change the Bible. We bless God, even the Father, and therewith we curse men, which are made after the similitude of God. Now, in this verse, who is he talking about doing the blessing and cursing? Us, human beings, people. We bless God. And we curse men. Verse 10. 
Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. So this is a big issue, isn't it? When the Spirit of God says through James, this should not be. What should not be? Talking out of both sides of your mouth. Blessing on Sunday morning and cursing on Sunday evening. I didn't say cussing. Somebody says, well, well, I, I don't do that. Are you sure? What is blessing? What is cursing? These are areas we need a lot of light on. We need a lot of revelation on. The Bible is full of this subject. I mean, there's something like 500 plus references to blessing and speaking blessing. That's a lot. 500? If it's in the Bible once, it's important. Ten times. A hundred? But five hundred? This is something we ought to get up in the morning thinking about and go to bed thinking about. What? Blessing. Blessing. And the opposite of blessing, which is cursing. To bless is to speak good over. And to curse is to speak evil over or bad. To speak good of or over is to bless. To speak bad of or over is to curse. Now, is it possible that a lot of people are doing more cursing than they're thinking they are? When I said I can't take cigarette smoke, it hurts me. What did I do? I cursed myself. Y'all with me or not? I didn't realize it. I certainly didn't do it on purpose. I did it ignorantly, but it still choked me and hurt me repeatedly for years. Hindered my ministry. But then when I said no more, you're not going to get me to say that anymore. I'm free. I'm free. And it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't bother me any more than it would anybody. I mean, you know, didn't say I enjoy it, but it doesn't hurt me. Doesn't hurt me. What did I do? I freed myself. And I blessed myself. Hallelujah. Now you might say, well, I, I don't go for all that, brother. God's the one who blesses and curses. Uh, absolutely. But you must not have read the Bible very much, or you'll see that we are told to bless. And we are told not to curse. True or not? And God, what's the word? He supports our choice in the words we speak over ourselves. He lets us choose. Now, this is what a lot of church-going people have not accepted. They, they don't believe it. And the reason they don't believe it is because they don't like the idea of it being their responsibility. Millions of church-going people have adopted no-fault religion. What do I mean by that? Nothing's my fault. No matter what doesn't happen, it's God's choice. His mysterious, unknowable will. What does happen it's all God. We don't know why. But that's simply not true. I said it's not true. Do you remember the scriptures well enough to know? He said long ago, I set before you blessing, cursing. Then what did he say? You choose. Did he say it or not? You, cho- you choose what? He even gave us a hint. Life. Choose life. That you and your seed may live. But whose choice is it? It's not God's choice. It's our choice. And we saw that last week. With the uh, Israelites that were delivered out of Egyptian bondage. What did they keep saying? We're all going to die. 
out here in the wilderness. Is that what God spoke over them? No. Is that what the Lord told them was going to happen to them? No. No. What did he say? He said, I have found you a land. It is a good land. It flows with milk and honey. And I have given it to you. It is yours. Go possess it. That's what God said. And so, did God's words come to pass in their life? No. What? Their words came to pass in their life, not God's. Am I quoting the Bible or not? What did they say? We're all going to die out here in the wilderness. And when they did that ten times in a row, what did the Lord say in Numbers 14? This whole message is from last week. You can go watch it and hear it. What did he say to them? I'm going to do what you said. What you said is going to happen. Was that God's will for them? No. But it wasn't his choice. This is the thing most most church-going people haven't accepted. Your words carry more weight in your life than anybody else's. The Lord will let you choose over his words. And he said, what you said, you've been, you've been saying you're going to die out here, you're going to die out here. And what happened to them? They died out there. Wasn't God's choice. It was their choice. And so when he says this, put it back up, was it verse 9? He said, out of the same mouth is coming what? James 3, 9. Out of the same mouth is coming blessing and cursing. Verse 10, what does it say? Out of the same mouth is blessing and cursing. What does that mean? Well, you come to church. I stir you up or somebody else does. And I say, say this, say that, say the other, you know. <laughs> I'm, I call every bill paid. I call every need met. I'm paying everything off quickly. And then Wednesday afternoon, you get a big bill. <laughs> you go, what in the world? Are we gonna, how are we going to pay this? I don't know where we're going to get. The country, what's happening to us? I just don't see how we're going to come out of this. You just cursed yourself. See, you talk blessing on Sunday, and you're talking cursing on Wednesday. Now keep, now keep going. <laughs> Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Now bitter is also a word for poison. So if it's the same fountain, if it's good water, it's good water. Not poisonous water. But what if you mix poison water with good water? Do you still have good water? No, you have messed up the good water. Can you see that? With you, you've contaminated the good water. Keep, keep reading. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? The answer is no. So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. If you mix salt water with fresh water, is it a problem? Oh man. This happened in Florida over on the east side, Miami and all through there several years ago is the water tables got real low and salt water got into the wells from the ocean side. Well, you can't drink that. It doesn't work. You, You have messed up your fresh water supply when you introduce the salt water to it. And you have messed up your good confession when you introduce (laughs) contradicting confessions. You know, you can pray for an hour in the Spirit and you can quote five verses over your child, let's say, that's having problems in their life, 
and you can believe that God is opening their eyes and sending labors across their path, and you can thank God for 20 minutes after that, and then the next day hear that they've done something stupid and say, I just don't think that boy's going to make it. Well, you have thrown a bunch of salt water. Can you see that? In on your fresh water. You have thrown some poison in on your sweet water. And you've contaminated. You, you can mess up a good prayer with an unbelieving confession. Two hours later. Somebody said out loud, consistency. Constancy. We must be consistent. Can you see he's talking about, don't be talking out of both sides of your mouth. Blessing here and then cursing here. Bless a while, curse a while. Why is the profanity to take the word damn and put it with God? Why is that so bad? And it is bad. But why? Why is it so bad? Because you're trying to curse something and involve God. Do you see that or not? To damn is another word for to curse or to condemn or to judge. To curse, to damn something is to curse it. And even if people don't have a clue what they're doing... Let's say they, they, they're walking through at night with the lights off and they stump their toe against the coffee table. A lot of folks, this string of expletives comes up. You blankety blank, blankety blank, blankety blank. Well, what, why do all that? Because I'm hurting. No, you don't have to do that because you're hurting. You could go, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> You don't have to invoke the name of God and put curse words with it and damn this and damn that. Uh-uh, uh-uh. You don't have to do all that. Why? Why would you do that? Because you've been contaminated by the world. And you're trying to curse it. Not cuss it. Curse it. You're speaking evil over it. And a lot of times people will do it that way. Maybe the lawnmower won't start. And you tugged on it and tugged on it for 45 times. And you broke the rope. Ah, blankety blank. Blankety blank. You blankety blank. Lama, what are you trying to do? You're trying to damn your mower. And it's the only one you got. It's stupid. Do you ever want it to work again? Now you're laughing, but then people have inordinate amounts of trouble with stuff. They go, that's the worst thing I ever had. That thing breaks down twice a week, if you say so. And but people go, ah, no, no, that's got nothing to do with it. You're saying the Bible's wrong. You're saying the Bible's not right. You're smarter than the Bible. No. Words matter. I said words matter. And one of the most powerful things we can do with our words is bless. And one of the most damaging things we can do with our words is curse. Not cuss. Curse. Cussing is an abbreviated form, contorted form. That's where it came from. Cuss is a distorted form of the word curse. And it's not just about saying bad words. It's the enemy doing his best to get words in your mouth that he can act on. That he can manifest, we're talking about power, but he could manifest destructive power to steal, to kill, and destroy. And when people are, maybe they're cussing their car, a lot of times they want to hurt it. They'll kick it. They'll hit it. See, they're try- And so they're trying to hurt it with their words. Even if they've never been to church a day in their life. 
Even if they got no clue what they're doing. It's because we are spiritual beings. We're made to function like this. Whether you understand it or not. <laughs> I know we, uh, we're going to flight training here tomorrow. And uh, I've seen people in, uh, in flight situations. You know what they do in flight training is they, they put all the abnormals and make you go through emergencies. Engines catch on fire. Things fall off. Things quit working. I mean, it's, you know, it's exciting. And, uh, and you will hear people, even people that are, you know, never, I mean, they would mock folks like us, but they start talking to the plane. Oh, come on, come on, fly, come on. <laughs> well, no, you don't believe in all that. What are you doing? What are you doing? Come on, plane, climb, climb, climb. <laughs> why, why do they do that? Because your spirit knows. Yes. Whether your head does or not, your spirit knows, talk to this thing. <laughs> right? Talk. And when the pressure is really on and it's an emergency and it's life and death, you will talk to stuff. Even if you laughed at every preacher like me across the country, you watch and see what happens. You will start talking to it. And even a sworn atheist will start praying. Oh, God, who are you talking to? <laughs> who are you talking to? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, what we want to do is stop the cursing and speak the blessing. Everybody say, speak the blessing. Go to Hebrews, the 11th chapter, please. Hebrews 11 and verse 20, Hebrews 11:20, it says, "By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. So can people bless other people? Yeah. I, uh, there's been times before that some, I was dealing with somebody, and, and I said, uh, "Bless you." And, and they kind of threw their head back and said, "I'm already blessed, thank you." Okay, so don't take it. I'm already blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I, uh, I know that verse. I know that verse. And I doubt you're walking in much of it with that attitude. If you respect the person who said it, let me tell you your response. Thank you. I receive it. Now there's some people you don't want speaking over you and you don't want them touching you. And you don't want them praying over you. I'm telling you. Do not let just anybody and everybody lay hands on you and pray for you and prophesy over you. Don't. If it bothers your heart and you don't like it, you say, no thank you. I'm as serious as I can be. You say, no thank you. And if somebody prophesies a bunch of stuff to you and you don't, it don't sound right to you, you, you may need to say, I don't receive that. Well, it may make them bad. Mad, well, they probably shouldn't be trying to do it. People are, are, are playing with the things of God and some of these things. And you know, in some situations, you don't need to try to make a scene with them. But after you get away, you can say, I don't receive that. <laughs> I don't accept that. <laughs> I don't believe that. Because <laughs> your words carry more weight in your life than anybody else's. And that's a big statement, but it's a true statement. But uh, can people bless other people? Yeah, they can. It's a Bible fact. If that sounds strange to you, it's just because you don't know your Bible well enough. Look up the verses for yourself. See what it says, and it just means there's something you haven't understood. And the reason I'm talking about it is because we haven't been doing enough blessing. You know, every time we do a, before we do a flight, I pray over our plane and our trip. And the Lord showed me some years ago that I should stop asking him to bless the plane all the time. And I should declare it blessed. Because if you keep asking, when are you going to believe it is? 
And whose plane is it? He gave it to the church. He gave it to us. And so we, because it belongs to us, belongs to the church, we have a right to declare it blessed. And so I do, I say it like that. I say, it's a blessed plane. It works well. It will serve us well all the days we have it. And it'll be a blessing to the next people that get it. Why? It's blessed. Well, can you see, I blessed it. We blessed it. Somebody says, well, I don't know about that. Can you cuss it? Can you cuss it? Can you cuss it? Oh, come on. You know, people cuss their stuff all the time. If you can curse it, then you should be able to bless it. And so you want to do the same thing over your, instead of just begging all the time, you can ask a thousand times, please God bless us, please God bless us, please God bless us. But if you never believe that he does, you're not giving him anything to work with. There's no faith in this. And what did he tell us to do? He told us to speak to things and speak over things. In fact, you know, we had a little, uh, we had a little sign somebody gave us. Oh, God, please bless this house. And it was hanging in our house. And years ago, I saw that and I realized it. I thought, take that sign down. And we found another one that said, this house is blessed. (laughs) This house is blessed. It's a blessed house. Right? Why? Well, the Lord told us that we're blessed. And he told us that he keeps us. And one of the most powerful things we can do with our words is say what he said. He didn't tell us to beg him continually to bless something. He told us he had blessed us. And so we want to decree that and speak that over things. And so you want to say that over your your possessions. You want to say that over your home. You want to say that over all kind of things. And don't call it a bad one. Call it a good one. And say that it works well. Are people cursing stuff when they say, that piece of junk, I'm... (laughs) I'm so sick of that thing. I mean, it never runs right. It never does this. You're cursing it. You're cursing it. And you're acting a fool. Do you want it to work or not? Well, nothing ever works out for me. Seems like I get ahead a step or two and get knocked back five. I'm telling you, it's a mean old world. Nobody likes me down at that church. (laughs) Wonder why. (laughs) You walk around with a cloud over your head. Trying to rain everybody else's picnic. No. You don't have to be that way. And you may have grown. I mean that may be how people talked in your house where you grew up. And your grandparents might have talked that way. And they might have talked that way at the church you went to. But do you want it to change? I said, do you want it to change? Can you get a hold of the bit? Can you get a hold of the rudder? Can you get a hold of the steering wheel? Can you turn this thing around with the words of your mouth? The Bible says you can. So if you've been in a hole, what do you say? Tired of being in this hole. I'm sick and tired of being. Oh, don't say it. Oh, quit it. Quit it. What are you saying? I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming up. I'm coming out. I'm blessed. The blessing of the Lord is on me. I'm increasing. Hallelujah. I'm free. I call myself free. I call every bill paid. I call every need met. I call every debt paid off. The Lord's bringing me into the best shape of my life. Hallelujah. I'm delivered. I'm healed. I'm strong. I'm blessed. And see what what you're doing then. You're blessing yourself. Instead of cursing yourself. And you can do it for other people too. Do you see what happened here in Hebrews 11? And how it happened. Isaac blessed his boys. Jacob and Esau. How did he do it? It didn't say a voice came from heaven 
telling him to do it. Didn't say there was an angelic visitation about this. He did it how? By faith. Keep reading the next verse, verse 21. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning upon the top of his staff. Before he left here, he did what? Jacob did. Jacob blessed his boys. Or this was his grandsons, the sons of Joseph. He blessed them. I hadn't seen a whole lot, but when I was, uh, I guess I was about 19 or 20, I saw some of these things. And my grandmother, I knew she was a woman of God. She had had visions and revelations, and they didn't understand that back then, but she had them. And uh, I was gone, I had already moved away, but I came in, and I knew she was getting older, and one day, everybody had left the house, and it was just me and her. And I asked her, I said, uh, Mama, we called her, Mama, I said, you know, in the Bible, it talks about the elders blessing the younger. I said, would, if you think it's right, would you bless me? Tears welled up in her eyes. She said, yes, baby. And she couldn't walk very well. She got over, walked over and leaned up against the side of the bed. I came over. She put her hands on my arms and started praying. And she hadn't heard the messages on confession that we've heard and all the messages on faith. Or, but she knew God. I said she knew God. And man, she gripped my arms and she said, I bless this boy. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Oh, God, I speak blessing. I, I bless. And she just prayed that. And I'm telling you, it's a special moment. I'm still talking about it to you today, decades later. It's something at the right time and the right way. This should be happening in families. It's not something you do every day. It's not something you do every year. He was at the point about to die. Can you see that? He says, I'm leaving here. He said, bring those boys over here. And he spoke over them. And tell me what he did. He blessed them. Did it make a difference in their life? Did it put something on? That did it, it allowed God. Can you see that? God worked with his words. Haven't we seen in Hebrews that Jesus is the apostle and high priest of what? Of our confession. He works with what we say. And just like with the children of Israel, they said we all going to die out here and it, it, it angered the Lord. Why would it anger him? Because that's not what he wanted for them. And they would not agree with him. He said, it's your land. I've given it to you. Go get it. Go take it. And they said, we can't. There's no way. He said, it flows with milk and honey. You'll have your own vineyards and your own orchards and your own houses. And it's, it'll be blessed. I've blessed it. And they said, uh-uh. It's not ours. It belongs to the giants. We'll all die out there. He could not get them to quit cursing themselves. He could not get them to put his words in their mouth. And so what words won out and what words governed their life? Their words, not his. Somebody say, by the grace of God, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to agree with God. I'm going to put his words in my mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will bless and bless only and not curse. Not curse. I'm not going to curse myself. I'm not going to curse my kids or my grandkids. I mean, no parent or grandparent would knowingly do that, and yet they are. They are. Parent, listen to me. Never should it come out of your mouth, I don't think that boy's going to make it. I, if they keep going the way they're going, that girl's not going to make it. 
That's worse than any cuss words you ever said. Did you hear me or not? I don't care how much it looks that way. The worst shape they're in, they need somebody believing God around here. Is that right? They need somebody who's not moved by what they see. Somebody who will speak a word of faith, speak a word of blessing, regardless of what they're seeing and feeling. What do you say? You say, no, no, no. I've prayed. And God has heard my prayers. Hallelujah. And he's working on their case. I said he's working on their case. He's sending laborers across their path. Broken be the power of darkness over their lives and over their minds. Does this matter? Will this make a difference? Life and death difference. Night and day. Light and darkness difference. Blessing and cursing difference. Sit out loud. Words matter. Words matter. In Luke 2, you remember this. Luke 2 and 28. Simeon, who was an older man of God, came into the temple by the Spirit looking for Jesus. As a child. And he found him. And Luke 2.28. He took him up in his arms. And did what? Blessed God. Can we bless God? Is that, is that phraseology in the Bible? Do you see a lot of times. I will bless the Lord. At all times. Is that arrogance? To say you. Could bless him. Somebody's quiet. Our words carry more weight than we think. They matter. I will exalt you. I will extol you. I praise your name. We're speaking good over God. Hallelujah. I know it was uh, Brother um, John Osteen, father of Joel Osteen with Great Church down in Houston. Years ago, he was in an office building. I think it was an insurance thing he was doing or something. I, I, I forget. I, maybe it wasn't that. But he was in an elevator with a bunch of other guys. And he got in there. And they were smoking and cussing and using the Lord's name in vain. And he just started saying, glory to God. Praise God. Bless the Lord. Glory. And then they all stopped and about swallowed their cigar. And they thought, what in the world? He said, hey. I demand equal time. If you're going to curse him, I'm going to bless him. And I know they don't know what they're doing, but it's bad. We do know the difference. So we do not have to play along and go along. We don't have to just accept it. So no, you're going to curse him. I'm going to bless him. Can you bless God? Yeah, you can. Can you bless others? Can you bless yourself? What if you're smart? If you're smart, you look smart to me. If you're smart, you will stop cursing yourself. I mean, you won't do it again. If you're smart, let's start right there with the confession. Say, I'm smart. I'm, I'm, you're looking at smart person, brother. I'm smart. Smart right here. So you will stop and not curse yourself and speak evil and speak bad over yourself and of yourself anymore. You're done with that. And you will bless yourself. You'll speak good over yourself. You'll speak increase. You will, and especially, you will say of yourself what God has said about you. And you won't say contradictory things to that. But Simeon, verse 34, then... After that, Simeon blessed God. He blessed the Lord. Verse 34, what did Simeon do? He blessed them. Them who? Mary and the baby and Joseph. He blessed them. Simeon blessed Jesus. That's what it said. Come on, can you see this? The blessing. Somebody say the blessing. Speaking the blessing. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Now go with me in closing. 1 Corinthians 14. There's a lot more here. 
I got carried away today in telling stories. I tell you what, for time's sake, don't go to there. Go to 1 Peter 3. I think we'll just close this way. We'll save the other for another time, I think. There's a whole other segment I want us to get into in time to come. 1 Peter, the third chapter. 1 Peter 3 and verse 9. He said, 1 Peter 3, 9, Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing. What does that mean? What's evil? Well, that's bad. If somebody speaks bad over you, the temptation of the flesh is to speak bad over them. If they rail at you, rail, we'd say, come down on you. Talk bad about you. Talk bad to you. What does the flesh want to do? If they cuss you, you cuss them worse. If they tell you off and how sorry you are, what does the flesh want to do? Just tell them how really sorry they are. But that is trying to combat evil with evil and trying to combat railing with railing. He said, don't do that. Contrary wise. What does that mean? They curse and you do what? You bless. More they curse, the more you bless. Boy, they speak bad stuff, the more you speak good stuff. Come on, can you see that? Why? Knowing that you are thereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. Why? Because you're going to get what you sow. And no matter how uncomfortable and how unpleasant and how mean what they have said and done may be, I do not want to do the same thing because I don't want to reap that. I don't want to reap that. I believe in the power of words. I believe in the universal principle of sowing and reaping. If I sow cursing, if I don't repent, cursing's coming back to me. I want blessing. And only blessing. And lots of blessing. Is that right? So what do I have to discipline myself when I'm tempted to say evil or to talk back or try to get back, I got to get a hold of myself and say, uh-uh, no, stop. I don't want to reap that. I don't want to reap that. And so I bless. And you're talking about something that makes the devil mad. <laughs> is when you're cursed and all that comes out of you is blessing. People curse you, rail against you, and all you do is, is bless. You bless God. You bless people. Keep going, verse 10. What you see is that this is directly connected to living a long life. He that will love life and see good days. If you look at the other scriptures that this comes from, it has to do with enjoying life too. Loving, living, enjoying life and seeing good days. Let him refrain, refrain, restrain control his tongue from evil. He just got through talking about cursing and evil. And his lips, that they speak no guile. Now guile is things that are not sincere, things that you don't mean. We want to discipline ourselves to stop all this, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, you, you say things, but you don't mean them. Sarcasm. That's part of it, yeah. Sarcasm. That's a habit. Saying things that you don't mean. Well, this is a fine situation. You don't mean that. So don't say that. Well, isn't that special? (laughs) You don't want to say that. Quit that. That's guile. And anything that's misleading or anything that's not sincere. Why? It takes the power out of your words. How many want to live a long time? How many want to see a bunch of good days that you can enjoy some things? Then is the Bible true? Get a hold of your tongue and absolutely restrain it from speaking anything evil or curse. 
and, and get a hold of your lips that you speak. How much guile? None. No guile. Verse 11. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers. And the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Did you hear it said his ears are open? Does the Lord hear what we're praying? Does he hear what we're saying? You remember that's what happened with those Israelites that he couldn't get his words in their mouth. He said, I have heard their griping. I, the Lord said, I have heard their grumbling. He heard what they said out there in their tents when they're talking about how terrible the land was and how they couldn't go in and how and there's no, it, it irritated the Lord. Does the Lord hear what we say? Yes. Even at home, yes. even on a Saturday. Yes. Does he hear? Yes. Does it matter? You don't want him hearing things come out of your mouth that he doesn't like. You don't want him thinking, I didn't tell you that. That's not what I said. You want him hearing you agreeing with him all the time. So that it, I mean, when you, what did Jesus say? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've heard me, you've heard him. Is that our call? Is that our example? What? That if you hear me talking, it'd be like listening to him. How can that be? Because I have filled myself with what he has said. Come on, can you see that? I'm filling myself with what he has said. And so he said, I'm righteous. So what did I say? I'm righteous. He said, I'm forgiven and cleansed. What did I say? I'm forgiven and I'm cleansed. He said, all my needs are met. So what did I say? All my needs are met. He says, by stripes I'm healed. What do I say? By stripes I'm healed. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What do I say? I can do all things, which includes riding in cigarette smoke if I have to. I can do it. Didn't say I'd enjoy it, but I can do it without having a big episode. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.